Many of us, and myself included, have tried everything else but God. And it's like we try things to help fix our life or get things in order, finances, jobs, career. We try everything else thinking that that's going to bring our life to completion or, or satisfaction. And, and only to come to a place of, I still need God. Because we could have a great life, but think that that's what life is all about. Only to come to the end of our life and realize that there's so much more that, that there is to life. And God, because He knows everything from beginning to end, He can see how much potential that we have inside of us. And that's what He's trying to bring out inside of us. But we need God in order for that to happen. Sometimes we try everything else, and then because that doesn't work out, now we end up with God. And we say, okay, God, I'm going to try this, because nothing else worked. Today, we want to learn how to flip that around and go to God first, not resort to Him as a last-ditch effort in order to make things work out. Because by then, we're wounded and bruised, broken, unsure, insecure, sometimes flat out on our face, and then we cry out to God, and although He'll help us, we could have been in a way better shape here calling out to God before things got, as it were, out of hand or at our lowest point in our life. Some time ago, we were putting together this crib because we were, uh, we were expecting our grandson, and he's almost two years old now. So we're putting together this crib that we borrowed from someone and we're trying our very best to, you know, put it together. And so we're in our living room. We have everything spread out. And my, uh, my son and I were putting this together and screwing it in and putting all the springs in. And finally, we got it together and we had it in our living room for a while so that when we babysit, we'll have the crib right there. Well, after a while, we wanted to move it into the room, but we couldn't get it into the door. And so we're trying every way to fit it. You know, you're just trying to you know, use your skills from Tetris to try to find out how you can get that thing in the right slot. And so we couldn't get it in. And Heidi is watching us and she says, why don't you just take off the gate? Then it'll slide right in. And I'm thinking, but yeah, but if I take off the gate, I have to take off the four screws and we got to take off the springs and then we got to relatch it. So, and then that's just too much work. So we're trying and trying and trying. And she, you know, she's walking by, she said, just take off the gate. And I said, but it's, it's going to take too long. She said, you probably would have had it off by now, but that's okay. You can do whatever. Well, I had to leave because I had to go to work. I come home. The crib's in the room. I said, hey, Heidi, you got the crib in. What did you do? She said, I took off the gate. And I said, but does, didn't you have to take off all the screws and all that? She goes, nope. I just took off two screws. It popped off, popped it right back on, and screwed it in. It was fine. And she walked away. And, and then I'm thinking, you know, she's going to rub it in. She's going to say something. Or, but she didn't. But she did give me the wife look. You know that look that the wives give when they know they were right? And they say nothing, but they say everything with that look. I can't do the look, but she can do it very well. And you wives got it down. It's the same look she's giving me right now. So... <laughs> But then I, I, I thought about how, how human is it of us to not wanting to listen to others or even listen to God. And we try everything our own way. We try, to, we try to fit things into our life that we think fit. We try to do things that we think is best for us. We try to succeed in certain areas because we think that that's the direction we should go. 
We try out relationship after relationship and we think that this is going to bring my life to full satisfaction. Everything put together, this is my life. But God's not included in it. And then we only end up at a dead end. No results, no satisfaction, still having something missing. It's like we try everything else but God. But did you know that God, He summons us by name to bestow on us a title of honor. The Bible says it like that in the book of Isaiah, and you can open your notes. Turn to the book of Isaiah, or in your notes you can see the scripture there. And in your bulletin there's some notes, and and in the book of Isaiah, chapter 45, verses 4 through 7... And as, as Isaiah is writing down these words, the Lord says that I summon you by name and bestow on you a title of honor. And, and here's, here's where we can learn from. And he says, I bestow on you a title of honor even though you don't acknowledge me. Like even though I give you a title of honor, even though I, I do things for you, you don't give me the credit. Though you do not acknowledge me, I am the Lord, and there is no other. Apart from me, there is no God. He says, I will strengthen you, though you have not acknowledged me, so that from the rising of the sun to the place of its setting, men may know there is none besides me. I am the Lord, and there is no other. There just is not no other. God can say that because He knows that that's truth. God can only speak truth. And instead of us trying everything but God, let's become people who start with God in every area of our lives. Because every one of us can be victorious in every area of our lives by making some adjustments when it comes to the order in which we include God in our lives. Because we'll put many things before God. Because we don't have time for God. Or we're too tired, I can't get up, or whatever the case may be. I'm too busy for God. But listen, we'll only end up with God anyway. But I'd rather start with God, not end up with God. Because by the time I end up with God, I end up with all kinds of other things attached to my life that are not of God. When I start with God, I end with God also. But now I'm not carrying all that stuff that caused me to end up with God. Therefore, and we can write this in our our, our notes there if you're taking notes, to put God first. Put God first in every area of our lives. It's tough to do because we grow up in a world that says, me first. It's it's all about us. It's it's me, my, I. That's that's where it has come to. That's why it's called eye touch, iPad. It's I. It's about me. It's not you touch. It's no touch. That's what it comes down to. And so it's, it's inside of us to have that selfishness. And God says, no, you put me first. Now, why do we put God first? Why is it important for us to put God first? Why is it so important? Because we stress out, we take it on other people. So we, we can do other things. We don't have to put God first, right? Why don't we just, when we live life, because God is always there, He's always forgiving, why don't we just live life and then when we need God, we call upon Him? Why don't, why don't we just do that? Well, many of us have done that. And we know that that doesn't work out to its best. It just doesn't. Because when there are stressful days, we won't, 
If we don't turn to God, we'll turn to other people and we'll take it out on them. We'll bite each other's heads off. We'll grumble to each other. We'll turn to things that are not good for us. When life is not going well, we'll turn to a drug of some sort or we'll turn to uh, something that is just not healthy for us. And then when we stress out, in fact, when I was growing up, all my friends would be smoking. And I said, why are you smoking? Oh, I'm stressing. You're fifth grade. Like what? Like what? Homework was that difficult. But it, 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 becomes to that, it comes to that point where we don't know what else to do. And so we turn to all these other things. We drink or go on a binge of some sort. We say things to other people that we don't mean. We hurt other people. And then we regret it. And then we turn to God. And then because everything is falling apart, we cry out to God. And yes, He'll forgive us. Yes, He'll help us. But we come with all these damages. You see, whatever I seek first will reward me first. That's why he says, seek first my kingdom and his righteousness. Seek first the kingdom of God in Matthew 6, 33, and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. We you know what God is saying? If you seek me first, I can add things into your life and it won't take you away from your focus on me because you're putting me first in every area. You're making me first place because whatever we put first will reward us first. It's like if I exercise daily, I'm going to be rewarded first with better health, a better cardio system, a better breathing pattern. I'll have, I'll have better strength, vitality, because whatever I put first will reward me first. We're on Oahu and you know like when you go on a short vacation or a short trip, you could be eating healthy for a while, but because you're somewhere else, it's like, yeah, just one ice cream, you know, just, ah, just one dessert. I went on a dessert frenzy. So we went to this one place and they had some shakes and I love malt shakes, but it has to have real ice cream in it. It cannot have no powdered thing, cannot be fake. So I, it has to have ice cream in it. Well, I ordered this macadamia nut vanilla malt shake and it was good. And so I said, so what are your sizes? She said, well, this is the small. I said, mm, too small. Do you have one a little bit bigger? So she gave me a regular size and it was perfect. But you know when you drink something like that, it, like, it's just a little bit too much. And then you feel too full. You really can't walk around too much. That's what I felt like. Because what I chose first rewarded me with how I felt. So after that, when we were done, we went to this other place and there was like these, these so fresh smoothies and fruit bowls and things. And so I got like an acai berry, uh, granola, uh, bananas and strawberries and, and some extra Big Island Kiave honey. Magnifique. It was so good. And so we ate that and, and then we we're done with that. And it was so good. And then we went to this place that had uh, a white chunk macadamia nut cookie. It was at Ala Moana. Like you go to this certain place and you smell the cookies. And so I, I, somebody said, let's go get cookies. I said, let's go. And so we got some cookies and there was one left because that's my favorite one, the white chunk macadamia nut. And I said, can I get two of those? And he said, ah, there's only one left. I said, but aren't you baking more? And he said, yeah. Um, in fact, they just came out of the oven. I said, perfect. Thank you, Lord. You know, you're, the timing is impeccable. And he said, but you have to wait a little while. I said, why? He said, because it's cooling. 
I said, I don't care if it's hot. It's, I'm, it's not even going to make it to my hand. Just give it. I'm fine. He said, no, it has to cool down. It takes about five or ten minutes. I said, okay, five or ten, because five is five, and ten is longer. So what is it? And he said, probably about, and he's laughing by then. I said, okay, okay, you know, I'll sub, I'll sub in, um, I'll take a, oh, that one, that coconut filling one. I'll take that one. He said, is that it? I said, no. Can you give me also milk? Can I get some milk with that? He said, sure. So I ate those two cookies and that little thing of milk. And same thing. Stomach sore, cannot move, just got to sit down and enjoy the dessert. But I was, it was fine. And then we went to Zippy's. Now, if you go to Zippy's, you have to have napples. So we went to Zippy's and then there was this uh, coconut, it's coconut again, uh, coconut napple. And so I got the coconut napple and she said, is that it? I said, but do, do you guys have like ice cream? Uh, maybe two scoops of ice cream that you can put in a bowl of, of something? She goes, sure. And so she put that in there and I ate the coconut uh, napa with the ice cream and it was so good and I thought if anywhere that serves dessert does not serve ice cream something's wrong you gotta have ice cream and so I was done and same thing I felt you know that when you eat too much sugar and snacks and you have that that junk feeling I felt like that because what you put first will reward you first and so I'm seven pounds overweight now because of all this. But same thing. If you eat all those desserts, whatever you put first and you eat all of those things will reward you first. I'm sucking in my gut right now because I'm pushing you in my shirt. But it does that. Whenever we, whenever we eat unhealthy, that rewards us with unhealthiness. But if I'm exercising, it rewards me with health. Whatever I put first will reward me first. And that word reward almost seems like it's a, it's a great thing. Because we understand a reward as something given for something done. Well, it also works in the opposite. If I'm doing something that's not good for me, it will reward me. But if I put God first, then He rewards me. That's what it means to seek first His kingdom and His righteousness. In other words, we're saying, because I'm seeking first your kingdom, I'm doing things and looking for things and looking to live my life how it would be in the kingdom. What would life be like in your kingdom? What would life be like if I'm chasing after your righteousness? What would that be like? And God is saying, that's what you seek after. You seek me first because in my kingdom, when you're doing the things that I've called you to do with righteousness and how my kingdom is operated, I will reward you. I will add things unto you because it won't take away your relationship with me. And that's where we struggle a lot because we don't go to God first. We go to other people. We'll go to something else. And then we put God on the backside. I'll seek out laziness, and that will reward me. If I seek out money, that will reward me. If I seek out uh, grumbling, that will reward me. If I seek out complaining, that will reward me. Or anger, or drugs, or revenge, or slander. If I seek those things out, it'll reward me, but it will reward me in its own way. If I seek out anger, I'll only have anger towards me. If I seek out all these things first, yep, it can reward me. Even money. If you seek out money, you'll be rewarded by money. But listen, all of these things that we seek after are an end in itself. There's no, there's no way out of it. We just continue to do whatever we want to do in this little arena of selfishness or whatever we think we need to be doing. 
And we think that that's what life is. Even money. We'll chase after it and we'll get rewarded by it. And we'll stay there. But after a while, if money becomes my God, I'll do anything to get money. God says, no, you put me first because I'm your provider. Instead of grumbling and complaining, set your eyes on me. Cast your cares on me because I care for you. Take my burden on you. I'm gentle. I'm light. My burdens are very light. And when we do that with God, we put Him first. It's amazing how things change. And when I put God first in every area of my life, my heart draws closer to Him. That's why we're doing this regatta coming up in October, October 1st. Because we were trying to do things that are of the kingdom of God. It's trying to build relationships, not just with each other, but with God Himself. Some of you have already signed up and you're participating in it. Some of you are thinking of your, your crew or, or your team that you're going to put together. Some of you are trying to get into shape so that when you get there, you're not out of shape. And so you'll have an enjoyable day. Some of you are thinking of how you can give and contribute to it. And everyone's trying their very best to participate in it. People are excited about it. I'm excited about it. It's going to be a wonderful day. We're going to have fun. It's going to be a good time. And this is a time where you can invite your family and friends to come to church. And although we won't be doing worship and prayer and things like that, we will be the church. Because we're seeking first the kingdom of God. Some of you have already signed up in our fellowship hall on the wish list and and participated. Some of you are still trying to think of how you can get involved. But just go and visit the table in there and they'll help you find the place. I was talking to my friends earlier and they said, hey, we're going to be one of the steersmen. Me and and he pointed to his other friend. We're going to steer that day. And I thought, excellent, that you're using the gifts that God has given you for that day, for his kingdom, so that people can find Christ. And it's a day that we'll all be a part of because it's what God is doing. It's a part of His kingdom. And the Bible says in Matthew 6, 21, For where your treasure is, there shall your heart be also. If you treasure the things of God, then your focal point becomes God. If you're focused on the things that God is doing, boy, it's, it's like our lives start to gravitate to the things of God. Because it takes discipline, it takes determination, and a kind of focus that requires the heart. Our heart must be involved in the things of God. Otherwise, we'll try everything else but God. Only to end up with God in the end. Make God, put God first. Make Him your your, your primary focal point. And you can write that in your second point, to make God my focal point. Because God should be at the center of our attention. He should be number one in our lives because He knows how we work best. He should have my utmost attention. And when God is my base, my focal point, my foundation, it is He that does not change, but it is I that change. And I'm so glad that God doesn't change because when other things are my focal point, it'll change on me. It'll shift. It'll collapse. But God never does. He never changes. He's the only one that is solid and sure. My finances will change. My job will change. Career path, family, relationships, my thought process, my life will change. People who surround me will change, but God never does. He's not shifty. Have you ever met people, they're shifty. They say one thing, do another thing. They do something, say this, and it's just so shifty. Or even at work, sometimes things are so shifty. 
That's how the world operates. But God is completely different. That's why we can use Him as a focal point. That's why we can use Him as, a, as our navigation because he's, he's solid and sure and the foundation in, in God is unchangeable. And not use Him in the way of, well, I'm just going to use Him as a way to figure out life. No, it's a relationship with God. And He says it in His Word, whatever is good, in James 1.17, and perfect, comes down to us from God our Father who created all the lights in the heavens, He never changes or casts a shifting shadow. So when I'm focused on the things of God, I don't run to everything else but God. I run to Him first because He never changes. I don't have to worry about coming back to God and He says something different than He said the week before. If He's asking me to do a certain thing and I disobey Him, when I come back to Him, He's going to say the same thing. He never changes. His Word is sure. And it's, it, makes, it makes us wiser. It's the foundation for living, for our life. Sometimes we'll do whatever we want to do in life, and then we miss the target, we miss where we're supposed to head into, or, or we head into a direction we know we're not supposed to be in. We end up someplace, and then we come back to God and say, Okay, God, give me direction. It's kind of like I was watching this, uh, it's called Top Shot, and they, they practice... They, they compete in target practicing, archery and things like that. And, and so they have to hit this certain target. Now, sometimes they'll be using a sniper rifle and they have to navigate from a far distance, 300 yards, 100 yards, sometimes farther. And they have to, they have to compensate the wind direction and things like that. So they have to adjust along the way. But the person instructing them and teaching them and helping them In what he is saying, he will always, within his spiel that he's giving to them, he will always say something like, Okay, now now get your eyes set on your target, get ready, get your stance right, and when you aim down your sight, take a deep breath and make sure your breathing is done well. And so he'll teach them about breathing. He said, Okay, are you ready? Yes. Okay, now aim at your target. Make sure you're aiming right there. Now you've got to compensate for wind direction. Okay, got it. Okay, two clicks to the right. And he'll give them all the directions. And he says, Okay, you ready? Okay, you aimed. Now fire. And then they'll shoot and hit the target. But that's not how we live life sometimes. For us, sometimes it's we get ready, then we fire, and then we aim. We get ready and and we're set to do the things that God has called us to do. And then we do whatever we want because we heard the word of God. We came to church and then we do whatever we want. We miss the target and then we come back to God and say, God, help me. Help me with this direction in my life because I missed the target. And God would speak three simple words, ready, aim, and then fire. That's That's where God as our focal point comes in. He helps us to set our sights on all the things that, are, that He has planned for us. That, the, that the, the, the plans that He has for us, He knows they are good for us. The plans that we have for ourselves, it's not always good. But the plans He has, it's for a future and a hope. Well, how do we do this? How do we, how do we live our life in such a way that, that God is our focal point? And how do we get ready, then aim, and then fire? Well, Hebrews 12, 2, it gives us an excellent uh, description of how we do this. And it says, we do this by keeping our eyes on 
Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. In other words, what the Bible is saying is, I don't end up with God as the last resort. I begin with God as my focal point. That's why he sent us Jesus Christ. That Jesus lived life on this earth as a human being, being all God, but at the same time being all man, so that as we fix our eyes on Jesus, because he experienced mankind, he's able to guide us in the direction that God has for us. Because God's plans for us are infinitely better than the plans for ourselves. You can write in your last point in number three. This is where we got to come to. Accept that God's plans for me are better than my own. Really? God's plan for me is better than my own? I don't see His plan for my life. That's because you wouldn't be able to handle it if He showed it to you on a map. The plans that He has for us, is it's incalculable how much and how precise His planning is for us. That's why we need Him. That's why we need to be a part of what He's doing because the plans that He has for us are far greater than the plans for ourselves. In my marriage, everything I do must be about how God wants me to live my life in my marriage. Instead of doing things my own way, do things how Jesus says to do things. In my finances, do things how God says to do them. Accept that His plans are it's far better than my plans for myself in every area. My job, the skills that He's given to me, my lifestyle, my choices, my arguments that I get into. He says, you can avoid many of them if you just do the things that I've called you to do. Even what I watch and listen to. Are they according to the ways of God? Not sure. Then that means I haven't accepted that God's plans for me are better than my own. But we have to come to that realization. Because sometimes we don't like beginning with God. Because we think that His ways are, are confusing and complex and complicated. So we don't start with God. But really, His, His ways are very simple. Sometimes I'll do counseling and, and we'll meet for a while and, and I'll, I'll try to help with, with what has helped me and that's reading the Word of God. And after a few times I'll ask, so how is the Word of God going? Are you, are you turning into the Bible? Are you opening His Word? Are you reading His Word? Well, I don't more time for that. But you know my wife, she does A, B, C, D, and this and that. Oh, yeah, I understand. But what about the Word of God? You, you jumped into the Word of God. Oh, well, you know, I'm tired. I read the Word of God and it's like... And so I can't read the Word of God. I fall asleep. Okay, but, but are you getting into the Word of God? And I hear all of these different excuses that come up. And finally I say, okay, the time we just spent together for this half an hour, you would have saved if you were in the Word of God and applying what God has said. You see, getting into the Word of God does not waste our time. It saves us time. It saves us so much time. He gives us wisdom. He gives us the ability, the strength to do what we can't do on our own. Open up the Word of God. And if you haven't opened your Bible for you know decades, vacuum it first because there's going to be dust. And then when it creaks open, it's okay. Because the Word of God will breathe life into us. And sometimes you may think, well, I don't, I don't have time. Okay, open to the book of Proverbs and just read the first chapter. I don't have time for that. Okay, read the first verse. 
Just read the first word in the Bible. In. That's all it says. Book of Genesis, chapter 1, verse 1. In. Just read that and say, Lord, I want to be in your presence. I want to be in your kingdom. I want to be involved. That's all. That's my devotion for the day, Lord, and I'll be faithful with that. Then go on with your day. Then anytime you're in trouble, say, God, help me. I'm in trouble. I tell you, that word in can go a long way. It can. Why? Because it's the word of God. But if our eyes aren't set on him, then we'll be out. (laughs) We'll be gone. We'll be out of it. We'll be out of control. But God says, no, it's my word that brings life. It's his word that gives us life. Don't end up with the Bible. Begin with it. His plans are greater than ours. And we got to understand that. Sometimes when I deal with finances and even that, i got to come back to, Lord, my tithe to you makes all the difference in the world. I remember when I first started tithing, I didn't understand it. Then after a while, I began to understand, wait a minute, it's not about me giving a tenth to you. It's so much more than that. That because I gave to you, now i, I got to be very wise at how I spend the rest of my money. And so you know what he did? He put our finances in order because we gave him a tenth. Before that, we would spend, 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 and whatever we had left over, three bucks, whatever, we gave it to God. I would be so, like, uh, discouraged and bummed when I would come to church and all I had was a 20 in my wallet. And I'm thinking, shucks, I should have brought ones. And then I had to give, and I'm thinking, I only have a 20. And it was hard for me to give because I didn't understand what it meant to give to God. But once I understood tithing, then I understood it's so much more than me just giving to God. It's about a God who wants me to be in good financial shape. Then he helped our finances to get into order. And now because of that, it's, there's, there's freedom in that. It's not a difficult thing because his plans for my life are far greater than the plans for myself. As Jeremiah 29, 11 reminds us, For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for calamity, to give you a future and a hope. That's His plan for us. That's the kind of God we serve. Because He knows how we operate best. He knows knows everything about us. He created us. So He knows what we need to do if anything goes bad or if we break down. Sometimes we rig things up in our life to make things work rather than having God's plan work out for us. And everything looks good until we hit rock bottom only to look back up and see that there's another hill that we need to climb. I say let the one who has the plans to make it work out how our lives are supposed to be have his way. Instead of us trying everything but God first. I'd say, let's start with God first. For He has summoned you by name and has given you a title of honor, even though we don't acknowledge Him. As it says in Isaiah 55, 9, this gives me the, all the comfort. It says, For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. And here it is. Instead of trying everything else but God, start with God first, even if we don't understand it all, because we can't understand the ways of God until we put God first, until we make Him our focal point. 
and accept that His plans for our lives are far better than our own. By then, we will definitely understand the heart of God. Amen? And close your Bibles and put away your notes. It was in the early days of the 1900s that the Model T came out that the Ford Company brought out and this one guy bought it, had it for a while, but then it broke down. And he was on the side of the road and jumped down and tried to fix it. He tried cranking it, tried the spark plug, tried to get it to spark and he tried everything possible, but he couldn't fix it. And he had the hood open and then someone was passing by, pulled over and said, Hey, you need, you need a hand? And he said, I tried everything, so I don't, I don't know what you're able to do, but it's just not working. He said, did you try cranking it? He said, yeah, I tried that. Did you check the spark? Yeah, nothing. He said, you mind if I take a look? He said, you can try, but it, I tried everything. So the guy looks at it, grabs a couple things, turns some things around. Within a minute or so, he says, now try and crank it. The guy cranks it, starts right up. The guy was so thankful because he had to go somewhere. He said, I'm so thankful. I'm Thomas Hayes. It's so nice to meet you. I'm so glad. He said, oh, I'm Henry Ford. Nice to meet you. And he said, I invented this thing. So I know how it works best. You may be broken down from time to time. You may come into a situation that is not the best. You may feel like you're distant from God from time to time or, or you feel like you're abandoned on the side of the road and here comes God and He says, so what can I do for you? And sometimes we say, well, I tried everything, I tried everything and God says, yeah, but let me try. Because I know how you work best. I created you, I invented you. I know your innermost parts, I know how your heart operates, I know what you think and I know the plans that I have for you. They're for good. Not for evil. It's to give you a hopeful future. That is the heart of God. Let's pray together. Lord, our heart this morning is, is one that wants to do the things that are of your kingdom. We don't want to be people who end up with you. We want to be people who begin with you. We start off our day with you. We want to be people who, who turn to you first. We, we want to be people who, who make you our focal point, not the things of this world or the temptations that we so easily fall into. Help us to accept the fact that, that the plans that you have for us are, are so much better than the plans that we have for ourselves. And even though it may be difficult, give us the strength and the wisdom, the ability to overcome the most difficult seasons. For some of us, we've tried everything. And maybe today is a brand new day that we'll say, okay, God, we're, we're throwing it all in to follow you. And for some, maybe we're saying that, boy, I... I I do put you first, but sometimes I, I, I do that just to get you out of the way so I can have my day. 
So Lord, forgive us all for being people who rebel against you, that turn away from you. Lord, we change, but you never do. Your love is always there for us. Your forgiveness always readily available. You cleanse us from all unrighteousness if we'll only confess to you, and that's what we choose to do today. May we be people, instead of trying everything first and ending up with you, that we'll put you first and we'll still end up with you for all of eternity because you know how we work best for you have called us by name you've summoned us by name and have given us a title of honor so thank you for being such a wonderful and loving father we pray these things in Jesus name Amen Amen